Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast. My name is Paul and today we're going to take a look at JLS. JLS are in the Motor Point Arena for three days this week. We've got two back-to-back, then they got a couple of days off and they're back in. That last date is only because uh, they were completely sold out and they had to add on another day. So with that in mind, let's uh, go on to a bit of background. So... JLS is an initialation of Jack the Lad Swing. They are an English boy band which, which consists of members Ashton Merigold, Otis Williams, Marvin Humes and JB Gill. Originally formed by Williams, they initially signed to Tracklace's production company New Track City and then went on to become runners-up in the fifth series of the ITV reality show The X Factor in 2008 and they came second to Alexander Burke. Following their appearance in the X Factor, JLS signed to Epic Records. The first two singles, Beat Again and Everybody in Love, both went to number one on the UK singles chart. The band's self-titled debut album was released on the 9th of November 2009 and has since sold over 1 million copies in the UK. JLS won the awards for British Breakthrough and British single Beat Again at the 2010 Brit Awards. They also won several awards at the Mobile Awards for Best Song for Beat Again and in 2009 also went also got Best Newcomer of the Year. In 2010 they won the Mobile Award for Best UK Act and Best Album. They also went on to win their fifth Mobo in 2012 by winning Best Video for Do You Feel What I Feel. They won the, ti- they won the title of UK's hardest working band for two consecutive years in 2011 and 2012. In 2010, JLS signed a record deal with the US record label Jive Records and released Everybody in Love as their debut US single, but it failed to chart. The Club is Alive, the lead single from their second studio album, was released in the UK in 2010 and earned their band the third number one in the UK singles chart. Their single Love You More was the official was the official single for Children in Need in 2010 and gave the group their fourth number one single in the UK. Their single She Makes Me Wanna featuring Dev was the fifth UK number one. As of 2012 their debut album and single have been named one of X Factor's top 10 biggest selling debut singles and albums. As of 2013 they were the 16th richest reality TV stars in the UK with an estimated fortune of 6 million per member thus giving the band a financial worth of approximately 24 million pounds. In May 2013, after seven years together, JLS announced they would go their separate ways after releasing a Greatest Hits album and one last UK and Ireland arena tour. In February 2020, the band announced a reunion with the with the Beat Again tour due to start in November 2020, but it was postponed due to uh, the coronavirus pandemic and has since resumed in October 2021. JLS have been certified for 2.3 million albums and 2.8 million singles in the UK. Now we've had a bit of history, let's see what's going on down at the Motor Point Arena. We'll be back after this. If you're a band member or an artist, dancer, singer, actor, street performer, and you're listening to this and you'd like to talk to us on our show about your uh, latest gig or your album release on uh, digital media or even uh, want to talk to us about a student show how about dropping us an email on musterxmedia1983 at gmail.com and we'll get you on our show hello and welcome to the total entertainment podcast my name is paul and today we're going to go over jls's show which is a two-day back-to-back then they're going to go away for uh, a couple of days and then they kind of come back in for one more day 
because uh, every show day has sold out. So they, so they added in an extra day. Now this show is massive. I mean, it's incredibly big. And that is because it is a 10 truck show. A 10 truck show. Now, I've, got, I've started off the uh, podcast directly inside. And I also know that there is no super fans on the outside waiting to get in because it is chucking it down with rain. JLS have their own stage with them, which has taken up a couple of trucks because of the size of the uh, stage. It's a rolling stage, so once they've built it at one end of the arena, whilst they're out rigging up the um, lighting bars, they put the stage together, and then they just they have just quite literally this moment wheeled the main section of stage into position. And this stage is on a couple of different tiers, so it's a higher than standard stage. It is a it's a seven foot high stage, and then you've got the back part of the stage, which is another uh, six foot high on top of that. So now you've got the side sections which are uh, slightly lower than the other uh, section of the stage, and they're just being spotted into position as we speak. It's looking pretty good and very well organised. Although to be fair, it is taking some time because they're having to build all these sections of stage. I'm looking forward to seeing the end product of this because this is a nice looking stage and uh, there's also, oh, I've noticed that they've got pit lift within the stage. So that means there's a trap door and they will be coming up from the bottom of the stage at some point. That looks pretty good. That's gonna look pretty good. Uh, it'll be a great effect to see and they're just moving in a couple more sections of the stage which are um, little isolation bits so they're up on different heights and different levels and i can see that this is going to go very very well the audience today are seated so it's a seated show so you're not going to have a load of people standing up and everyone gets to see the show as the way it's intended and there's all led buttons which are all uh, which are all able to be uh, pan and tilted and pitched as well as uh, being able to be uh, as well as being able to be any color they want They've got a giant upstage uh, wall screen. The PA system is already hung, ready to go. So they've what they've done here, this is not usual, but it's because they've got a rolling stage. All the subs are flown, and each base bin is behind the main front line array. You've also got the side line arrays, which have arced 45 degrees outwards into the audience to give surround sound. They've also just switched on a uh, goalpost of LED battens. So when I say goalpost, it's a load of trusses that are uh, floor mounted and in the shape of a goalpost, hence the name of goalpost. And they have battens lining it on both legs and uh, on the crossbar. It's gonna look pretty impressive once all the uh, stage is all plumbed in, ready to go. And I'm very, very looking forward to this because this is gonna be a nice visual piece of art. That I guarantee. We'll be back after this. This podcast contains themes that are unsuitable for younger listeners and parental guidance is advised. It's It's been 30 30 years since it came. What? What the fuck was that? The Android guys sucks. Hold on, guys! episodes every Wednesday.
the links are in the description and we are back okay so there are some mini screens that are on the uh, stage and when I say mini screens it's uh, more the case of um, little hides you've also got a few other freestanding columns with uh, some lights on there which is going to look a bit interesting I'm not sure if those are uh, if they're in the right no they are in the right direction but I'm not sure the significance of these smaller ones with uh, racks of lights uh, on their side so we shall see the stage has all uh, got its glossy uh, sheen on it they've got their uh, tape marks and they and the crew are currently sweeping the uh, stage clean the final lighting bar has been rigged and is now being flown up that's got a handful of uh, powerful spot movers so you'll see a load of uh, good effects with those with the gobo breakouts as well as having punchy uh, washers the truss that was front of the house that's above the audience that's been set at a lower dead which is not a problem at, at the least uh, I, I still think it would uh, probably uh, get raised up at some point soon because it'll be a bit too low for people on the balconies to be able to see uh, past it I just think they've currently winched it to a certain height because they've not finished with something on there although the venue staff are starting to put the chairs underneath that area so that will eventually go up probably soon enough I can't see too much more happening uh, anytime soon although I do know at the time of this recording of the section that GLS have not long arrived into the venue so they're probably warming up their voices right now so not only have they got seats but they've also put mojo barriers uh, in front of the stage as well and created a pit area now this is a, quite an unusual move uh, considering it's a seated event but I suppose it's for the safety of the band because they're going to have lots of screaming girls trying to get to them on stage and ravish them perhaps <laughs> but yes the mojo's in there to prevent the uh, stage from being flooded and mobbed by uh, lots of uh, women uh, <laughs> even, it, even though it is a seated gig as well so that's just how it is a few moments later so now JLS have been sound checked and the support Cassa Jackson has been uh, sound checked as well and uh, yeah they've uh, opened up the doors to the VIPs uh, so these people have paid £275 each for the uh, first couple of rows uh, just so they can get that much closer to uh, JLS it's an interesting amount of money that they've spent for their uh, favourite artists a very exuberant amount of money but that is their prerogative if they're the super fans then well well done if you've got if you've got the money to spend on that well done I really do uh, respect that and yeah fortunately this meet and greet they can actually get close enough to them so they can actually have a proper conversation and a socially distanced conversation so what's happening here is JLS they are uh, standing in the pit against the stage and uh, they're separated from the audience via the mojo it is exactly two meters from the stage to uh, the front of the mojo so well within that uh, social distance intolerance and uh, they get to have their photo taken as well so 
and I'm not talking about yeah, I'm not talking about an amateur photo. They've got a pro, they've got a professional photographer to take these photos. So I suppose that if you're getting some professional shots done, it is kind of worth it at the same time. But would I pay that money to see my favourite band up close and personal, etc., etc.? No, I wouldn't. Especially when the regular price tickets are only forty-five pounds. It's a big. It's a big jump, a big jump in uh, fees. It is what it is, but personally I wouldn't spend that massive jump of cash. How about you tell me what you think in the comment section below on that one. A few moments later. So that little front of house bar that I mentioned earlier on, that's been lowered to uh, seat level so they can quickly work on it. Part of the house opening up, I don't know if it's deliberate because they uh, need to do something pre-show or if it's a case that they're waiting for a spare uh, part to sort out a unit and it's only just arrived but it looks like they are swapping something out of the bar so we'll have a look in a second it looks like they've just swapped out a ballast module so um, certain moving lights need extra power to basically act as a transformer uh, so they can convert the power into more power and that's called a ballast so it looks like they had to change out a ballast for one of the uh, moving lights on this forward bar hence why um, it wasn't winched all the way up now they got the unit they can uh, swap it out which they just done and then the bar's going to go to proper working height so the support for JLS is Casa Jackson and I don't know much about Casa Jackson but I tried to uh, look her up on Wikipedia and she hasn't got a page but I found a page from martial arts on Casa Jackson and I'm going to give you the information that they've given me so, London singer-songwriter Cassa Jackson is the perfect storm, fierce work ethic and undeniable musical talent. The music has been part of Cassa's life since her days at school, where she wrote her first song, taking her to the final of the Song Academy Songwriter of the Year Awards. She was soon spotted by, by Joe Garofalo and asked to perform as a guest solo artist at Wembley Arena for The Voice in a Million charity event in 2017. During the COVID period, Cassa has been busy writing and recording new tracks and finishing her final year at Bristol University, where she has just received a first in Spanish and French. Cassa's tracks have now exceeded over 4 million streams on Spotify and growing daily, along with her TikTok followers, which is 160,000. Cassa will also be supporting JLS for their hotly anticipated comeback tour, with 26 shows across the UK commencing 20th of October. A new track, Wish I Didn't Care, will be released 2nd of September and is followed by the Crossroads EP on the 7th of October. Okay, so now the house is open and uh, I'm standing by to uh, start the show. I'm noticing a few things around this venue tonight. And that is, you've got kids holding up signs made out of uh, cardboard with whatever, with whatever painted on them. And I've noticed... Um, a few, how can I put this in a respectful way, a few, um, yes it seems that there's quite a few uh, younger ladies around who uh, didn't sit, who didn't, in my opinion, didn't allow, allow their uh, parents to know what they were wearing before they left because 
Had my daughter gone to a concert like this, dresses how some of these teenagers are dressed, I would not have let her leave the house. But then again, I'm a bit old fashioned, maybe. There are some people, women, who are dressed uh, with face paint all over. And um, yes, they look very interesting to say the least. But anyways, I'm, I sound like I'm getting old. I do feel old when I see uh, some of the clients out around here tonight. I suppose the only way you could tell with some of these um, customers is uh, if they're holding an alcoholic beverage, because they would be yet yeah, they would be checked for ID on every sale, and uh, <laughs> there's no you uh, faking an ID in this day and age. I was also told that the. Uh, crowd demographic is between 14 and 50 and they're expecting 90% female. Interesting demographic that. We'll be back after this. Cassa Jackson's set lasted only 20 minutes. She was allowed to use the whole stage which isn't a common practice as normally a drape would be placed up blocking most of the stage. I would assume that the deal that she was under allowed her the use of this and also for practical reasons where would they hang the drape uh, where in relation to the lighting bars. So it, that is a compromise that they had to go with. She had the use of a, of a robo follow spot which is basically a moving light which has got a wireless interface onto a control unit somewhere backstage. Rather than the traditional follow spots where it's human operated from the auditorium. She had a handful of the uh, moving lights that are based on, on the uh, floor of the stage, uh, stage left and stage right, and a handful of lights from the uh, back, which gave her some specials. In addition to those uh, specials, she also had the side lighting, which uh, was uh, either a blue talk state or a colored wash uh, from song to song to mix it up a little bit. They also projected her on the video screen as well. Vocally, Cassa Jackson is quite strong for her age and has the potential to become a long-term pop star. I feel that in the future, as she matures as an artist, if she gets a live band behind her, she would, she would excel compared to what she is at the moment. Cassa Jackson was able to hold the crowd's attention as they were coming in. And to Cassa's credit, she was able to use the whole of that stage and not look that she was completely on her own. She managed to fill the stage with her uh, with her actual presence, which uh, is no easy feat when you're a, a solo artist on a massive stage to track. Cassa Jackson had plenty of charm and charisma to be able to hold the stage herself, and it came across pretty well, especially uh, as the crowd were cheering her on, and she managed to uh, work the crowd by uh, boosting the crowd's energy to help boost her own energy because she learnt the magic of words. Hands up, he likes JLS. The crowd go mental, they go wild, and she then feeds off that energy. Through experience, she's learnt how to feed into the crowd. And it works. It works really well. And uh, you have to give her some serious credit on being able to work that out. On her final song, she managed to work the crowd really well because they all listened to her. And I say this because she asked them to get their uh, phones torches on and shine them at the stage and the whole auditorium lit up. At this point, on her final song, she had 
two and a half thousand people in the audience waiting for JLS. That's a pretty good indication on how popular she was with the audience, how everyone was in the mood and followed her uh, instruction of shine your lights on the stage. I would definitely rate Cassa Jackson as being the uh, pop star in waiting that she is. It seems to me that she's not very well known, which is a good, th that, which is a good thing that JLS has uh, actually got her onto the onto the tour, so she can actually get more exposure as a support artist, and it's going to do her well. And I do hope that she will go from strength to strength and mature as a solo artist with a band. Fingers crossed. We'll be back after this. Warning, this podcast contains strong, offensive and misogynistic language that some listeners may find offensive. The name's Vert, Percival Reginald Vert, and I run the P-Vert Detective Agency. The year is 2055 and the police have been defunded, so if you need a police investigation, the cops will charge you a thousand big ones a day. Because of this, the government introduced the PI Act, where the private investigators can undercut the police so justice can become affordable. These are my case files. New episodes every Friday. The links are in the description. Right, so let's go on about the main act. So JLS, uh, their intro was, uh, there was a lot of fog and uh, it was done deliberately. It was deliberately foggy, and I'll tell you why in a sec. And uh, you had, and the uh, intro VT was all deliberately glitchy and whatnot. It looked so X-Factor and contrived, but you know, that's the kind of band that they were. You know, they just followed the formula. You have to remember this. There is a formula, and they followed it down to the T, and you can't blame them for that because if it's not broken, don't fix it. So they followed the uh, they uh, they followed that f that formula to the T, and then all of a sudden, when the fog was at the most intense, downstage, so that uh, so the front of the stage, which we call downstage, they all appeared from the floor. So as the lift come up, they jumped up as well, and it launched them up into the air. And by the time they landed, the uh, lift the, the pit lift uh, had completed and uh, they were there on the stage and there was no moving platform so for uh, the audience um, that looked impressive I mean for me yeah, I've se I've been there I've done that I've seen that I've done that yeah I've got a t-shirt and everything on that one um, from working on cruise ships with the uh, with their uh, trap doors and lifts as well so I know how it's done and it, stuff like that don't impress me that don't impress them, me much anyways no, and stuff like that just doesn't impress me because I've seen it, done it, got the uh, lunchbox, etc, etc. From their entrance till the end of the show, JLS managed to keep the audience screaming. And when I say screaming, they were screaming constantly. Now, if, um, if I was an audience member and I went to see this show, I'd be leaving sounding like I got coronavirus, you know, uh, you know all hoarse and because uh, uh, I would have screamed that much, yeah, but I'm not a jealous fan, so uh, I didn't. Anyways, <laughs> um, so out of all the uh, audience, 95%, 95% statistically uh, from our from the ticket from the ticket information that I saw. 95% of the audience were female and 
5% were boyfriends, husbands, fathers, and even the gay best friend. But at least half of that 5% felt and looked like they were dragged there. <laughs> the other half of that 5%, which still is going to be like 200 people. Um, yeah, those people were like, yeah, we dragged there. We were dragged there. And the other uh, 200 people, they'll be like, nah, we're here because we enjoy them. So that's fine. That's fine. Um, vocally, I feel that JLS had the uh, stronger performance on day two, which is uh, tonight that I'm recording. Um, and if I was to hazard a guess as to why they uh, had a better night vocally today, and that's because um, they probably saved themselves. Because if you're doing back-to-back -back shows, which they don't technically do, these, you know, um, A-lister bands like this won't really do back-to-backs that often. So they were saving their voices because when you're at sit, there's a difference between singing for the TV and singing for an arena, i.e., filling up the room. Yeah, it's a difference because you're not in a studio; you're in uh, a live venue and a big venue so venues that they're not used to well well they are used to but not at the moment because they've only just come back they're getting into the swing of things again but anyways i digress yeah i digress but they were it seemed like they were saving themselves yesterday and they had a much better vocal performance in this in uh, day two and then they're gonna have a couple of days off and then they're going to be back for their third show in Cardiff because because the first two shows sold out very very quickly they're like quick add in another day where can we add it in do you have availability for free on the trot no okay when is the next ability and they're like yeah yeah Halloween so they're going to come back in a few days on Halloween which all well and good but can I see them uh, doing a Halloween edition a special edition probably not Throughout the entire show, JLS maintained a high energy and their dance sequences were without fault. You know, you, you, couldn't, you can't fault them. You know, a strong vocal performance, lots of energy feeding the... Their energy was feeding the crowd and those girls were feeding them. Jesus Christ. My, when I was down uh, on the floor for a little bit monitoring how, how loud the uh, arena was, my ears are still ringing, not from the noise from the uh, sound system, but from the girls screaming, Jesus. At one point, the uh, girl screaming was actually louder than uh, the band itself. So that, and that's just pure insanity. You know, like um, for uh, four and a half, five thousand people just screaming that at high frequencies. Yeah, <laughs> it is interesting to say the least. See what I did feel like though. See, as this is as this was their comeback tour, I touched upon this earlier on that they're following the formula so if it's not broken don't fix it I do I, I feel like there should be a natural progression they should be bold enough to uh, step away from the x-factor uh, script shall we say the, um, the x-factor over polishedness or of a show you know step away from that formula because at this point in their careers they're getting older, which is not a bad thing because I'm getting older myself. That's not the point. Um, but 
I feel like they could actually pull off having a live band. I know it's not really their thing at the moment because they are a boy band and what do boy bands do? They sing vocal harmony and uh, they sing directly to the girls etc etc and dance. Yeah all the dance moves and whatnot. but why not? I mean as they do get older and they won't be as uh, maneuverable shall we say as they get older you know it'll be a while off because they're younger than i am but still if in the unlikely circumstance that that, that either a representative of jls or they themselves are listening to this please 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 reinvent yourself a little bit you don't obviously don't step too far away from your formula and don't forget your roots but i really feel that your show can be taken to another level if you actually had the live band I mean the massive x-factor style stage that you've got you, you could actually fit the band underneath that walkway and coming out a little bit and still not lose the room that you use for dancing around the stage could so easily be done and um, and a lot of your songs are transferable over to live bands so give it a go because I reckon as a showman that you are because you are a great showman uh, and I can't I can't take that away from you no one can take that away from you because you know your audience are there for you all the time you know you've got so much energy um your showmanship skills are uh, in they're immense and they work really well so why not take you up another level and uh and evolve i'm not gonna say adapt i'm not gonna say improve i'm saying evolve a little bit more i reckon as um as a as your as a boy band that's maturing in a good way I reckon uh, a live band and an interaction between the live band would do you a lot of credit and you know, you know it would definitely do you a lot of credit and and I think that you would actually enjoy it even more and appreciate getting into that particular swing of things as your natural evolution uh, as a group now you've had now you've come off of your uh, long-term hiatus so give it a go. I really, I really do feel like you should give it a go. Because I reckon it would work. I really do. The only downside that I notice about your show, and I keep bringing up the X Factor, is the optics of it. The optics of your show is X Factor. And as X Factor is, I, I think it's no longer a thing. I know that he uh, was giving it a hiatus for a little bit, but I, I don't know if, he's, if it's officially been cancelled. But if it has been officially cancelled now, you don't need to keep those optics. You must desire to be able to do something different. So, you know, create something that's not X Factor anymore. I mean, obviously bring part of that look back into the show um, when you're going over your older material next time you're out on tour. Because this is your comeback tour, so you're singing all the songs that everyone knows, yeah? So when you've got your uh, new albums and uh, your new uh, live material, make the new live material look different, and then go back to and go back to the past that, with that original look because it would work. It, it so would work. So the uh, stage lifts. Now those weren't a one-trick pony. They use them a couple of times uh, in the show, and um, the second uh, time they were used, bit cheesy. But it was it works so because there's no point in just using lifts once they're there so you're going to use them and uh, what what do they do well they um, had the lifts send the microphone stands up to do a classic boy band maneuver and that is um, 
you know, singing on the mic stands in a line. Everybody band does it and whatnot. But normally, normally there'd be a stool, a tall stool, sat behind the uh, mic stand. So they'd sit high up on these stools and sing away, and then stand up on the crescendo, and then take the mic stands, etc., 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 when they're at stood up. Yeah, yeah, as the song gets big and then they uh, go back to the stools uh, for the end of the song and then you'll go down on the lift but the reason why they didn't have the uh, stools I'm guessing not that they didn't want them I reckon they did want them but because the size of the uh, lifts they were small small lifts so there's only enough room for one person and if they've got a mic standards that's how much room there is it's definitely not a room for a stall on it. Shame because I reckon that would have looked better if they had the uh, bigger lifts. So in conclusion, not only was this show a, vo a uh, vocal harmony fest with uh, boy band pop galore, it was it was visually X Factor with the constant black and white VTs uh, behind them, which goes to show, oh yeah, look at we're, we're reminiscing about the past, blah 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 blah. But and that, I mean that's. For me that's a downside but it has a point there is a point to it and that is to uh, make the audience fall in love with them again or even or even makes make the uh, next generation fall, fall in love with them the first time and it works it has a purpose it's designed to do that this show was definitely value for money if you are if you're a fan you paid the money for these tickets i'm not i'm not including the uh, very very pricey uh, front to row tickets I'm talking about the standard tickets everywhere else behind them. But don't forget those uh, expensive front two row tickets were also VIP and meet and greet tickets as well. So you could argue that that was value for money as well. But anyways, um, the standard tickets were definitely value for money because they got a show and a half. I mean, it, this is definitely um, a Spinal Tap 11 on the, on the amplifier, yeah? This was definitely an 11, you know, they turned you know, turn right up and whatnot. I also want to say that JLS had a strong performance on day one, but they had a phenomenal performance on day two. And you could tell that by the both audiences were brilliant. I mean, both audiences were screaming, lots of screaming, constant screaming, and loving it. They were all loving it, yeah. From the reaction of both highly positive crowds, uh, as well as the energy from uh, both crowds I would say that day two was the more successful one if you were to compare them and uh, as I said earlier on it was a much stronger vocal performance because I believe that they were saving themselves for today uh, knowing that they had back-to-back uh, -back shows see one thing one thing that people forget is um, when you're singing when your job is to sing for uh, nearly two hours and uh, when we say singing, we're talking about full pelt, you know, uh, not go, not really holding back. Even though when you're uh, not going to the top top level, it's still, you know, it's still hard wearing on your voice, and uh, it is difficult. But it is a, it can actually be a hard job uh, because you're straining your voice, which is uh, their source of income. That is their tools. Their voice is their tools. And um, yeah, they were. It was definitely. They, uh, yeah, JLS should definitely be proud of themselves. Uh, this 
was a good combat tour. I mean, as far as combat tours go, this was definitely top level of it. I mean, totally top level of it. And it did feel like as they they never had a hiatus. So that's how yeah, that's how strong they were as working as a team to make it sound uh, perfect and as flawless as it was. Now, if now if you're a JLS fan and then you didn't get to see it, it's a shame. But I would advise you buy the tour DVD. I mean, seriously, you wouldn't want to miss any of this. I mean, they were great performances. They really were. So if you can get your mitts on a tour DVD, I would suggest you go and get that tour DVD. Let me know what you think in the comment section below, guys. I'm going to end the podcast here. So if you liked today's uh, podcast, please give us a like, subscribe and share. And um, I'll catch you next time. Bye for now.